You're listening to Thrift, Secondhand Community Stories. This is a podcast about thrifting, becoming a more community-minded citizen, and just getting out to explore your neighborhood. Thanks for the memory of rainy afternoons, swingy Harlem tunes, motor trips and burning lips and burning toast and prunes. I'm Aggie Blaha, and in this special profile episode, I talk with Gaia, the creator of the Instagram account and website Sustainably, about fashion and consumerism. Gaia lives in Italy, and she's something of a sustainable fashion expert. Her Instagram account has 56,000 followers, and she uses it to spread awareness about topics people might not know about, like the colonial roots of the fashion industry, and how we can stop making impulse purchases. I asked Gaia a number of questions about a few of her posts, as well as how she got into creating educational content around mindful consumerism. I'll include links to those posts and Gaia's online presence in the show notes, so you can follow her amazing content. Anyway, without further ado, here's my interview with Gaia. The first question I had, and not even really a question, just honestly wanted you to tell me a little bit about um, your love of clothes and fashion and how that kind of maybe led you to examine your shopping habits a little bit. Yeah, of course. So I've always been a big fan of like fashion and wanting to, I've always wanted to create my own style. And, you know, I spent so much time in the morning, like trying to create outfits. Um, yeah, it's something that's always interested me. And at the same time, I've always been interested in sustainability. Uh, I guess my parents really got me into it. Since I was little, they encouraged recycling and then making things last. And we we have solar panels on our home. We're getting an electric car. So my parents are really into it. And I guess that's, that's really what influenced me uh, at the beginning I was more um, into the in the food industry like I was trying to be vegan and like trying to lower my impact on that side of, uh, of my lifestyle um, but at the same time I was buying lots of fast fashion and accumulating lots of clothes that I didn't really use and they lasted so little I would wear them once and then I would donate them and I realized that's that can be sustainable so I tried to incorporate both uh, sustainability and passion into my life and um, I did the IB um, for my high school diploma and um, I don't know if you've heard of it it's a it's a two-year program um, where we choose six subjects and yeah it's um, it's basically this high school uh, program uh, that I, I did just because I wanted to study in the UK and I needed that diploma in order to get into the university um, and we had to do a sort of a thesis in order to graduate and I decided to do that on the, the water pollution caused by the fashion industry um yeah I tried to combine like business and science uh, and so looking at like the business side of fashion um and so the problems with that like the how how it encourages overconsumption and at the same time how that's not only uh like how overconsumption leads to other environmental problems like for example water pollution um and so it was really interesting I learned so much while researching that uh and so I decided that I would want to raise, sustain, uh, raise awareness around this because I felt like lots of people didn't know about the impacts of the fashion industry. And in uh, November 2019, I started my Instagram account. Uh, and yeah, and then um, I, it was just part-time thing at the beginning. I didn't really expect uh, the growth it got to. Yeah. So why, why, why Instagram? Why did you start there? And when did, uh, when did it kind of, when did you kind of realize, oh, I'm, I'm gaining quite a following here. <laughs> 
Yeah, so I chose Instagram because it was the social media I, I knew how to use. Um, and I, it felt like the easiest. And um, I was able to publish these graphics um, in order to communicate information in a very simple way and easy to understand. Quite engaging as well, because I noticed people have really short attention spans. And so uh, the, real, the best way, I guess, to just get information across was to write small, small sentences in, in the carousels on Instagram. So yeah, that's why I chose the platform. And um, as quarantine began, uh, the first one in 2020, um, I noticed the growth um, on my account because I was spending so much time on it. I was very consistent with posting. Um, and uh, I posted uh, a post that went viral and it was actually related to thrifting and uh, the gentrification of thrifting and like the the problems with it, like the, the, the negative side of it, I guess, just because I thought it was interesting to explore. And that was a bit, a bit of a controversial post. I got so much hate on that as well, but it, really? it went, yeah. <laughs> I have That's some specific questions to... about that post um, because yeah, that was kind of the first post that uh, I, yeah, I had started thinking about the gentrification of thrifting. And then that's when I discovered your account because that post happened to like pop up in my feed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know how we reached so many people, um, but it got like 73,000 likes. So um, yeah, that was kind of the moment where lots of people started noticing my page and I got a lot of engagement and following and my following increased so um yeah but as I said it was a bit controversial because people feel felt like in the sustainability movement there's nothing that you can do because everything's kind of got some impacts and so they they felt quite frustrated with the fact that you know you're telling us not to buy fast fashion you're telling us that thrifting is not as good as we thought and that's obviously not what I wanted to get across it was just it's I think it's all about you know doing everything in moderation and that's kind of what I wanted to get across. I want to uh, take a step back and ask you to like define sustainability, but now like that you've talked about that post, I, I just, I, I'm just curious, and I'm going to have more questions about that specific post um, in a few, but uh, uh, I guess would like to get, so sometimes I think that we almost think of thrifting and secondhand shopping as something that exists outside of capitalism almost, yes. like, like we found a way to stick it to the man and I don't know. It, do you think that's why there was backlash? Like, I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, it's the fact that we have so many items in thrift stores and that so many items get donated, I think it's kind of a byproduct of the fast fashion industry. So as we're buying a lot of clothes, as a lot of clothes are being produced, then charity shops become, I guess, overwhelmed and, you know, they get so many donations. So that's a good thing, obviously, because we can give a new life to things instead of buying new. But at the same time, if we bought less fast fashion, there probably wouldn't be as many clothes in charity shops. Uh, in thrift stores so that's kind of the point I was making and also I was I was um, saying that because uh, I noticed that with myself that since something is sustainable like for example thrifting obviously buying from charity shop it's the most sustainable way to shop um, since you're just using what's already been produced you're not using more resources and um, you're not making really any impact especially if you're shopping like in brick and mortar stores um, I, I felt like I was buying a lot of things just because I felt, okay, that's good. So I can buy as much as I want. But then I thought like, I, 
on one side, we might be taking clothes away from poor people because a lot of people, um, especially from low income neighborhoods, really rely on these shops. And if we just go there and just do thrift hauls and buy heaps of stuff, then, you know, they might be not left with not with nothing because there is a lot of stock, but maybe the, the best things would be gone and then the people who rely on it would kind of with their size would be gone. Yeah. 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 And and then I was talking about how it basically encourages overconsumption because especially I, I saw a lot of um, thrift hauls, as I said, where, you know, lots of influencers were going to the charity shop and I noticed they were just buying anything basically without even thinking. And I thought, is that really sustainable? Like, you know, I think it's all about in the mindset as well. It's not just about where you shop from, it's how you shop. And so that's what I was trying to say with that post. Yeah, I'm just going to jump to that, to the question that I had about that post too, um, mm-hmm. now that we're, we're talking about it. So you posted it on October 6th, 2020. Um, and it, it consisted of right a carousel of different graphics that broke 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 down the the issue of yeah. um yeah this gentrification of thrifting where uh like in New York City especially the way I understand it too is a little bit of how you were describing it is like yeah. when we're shopping secondhand um mm-hmm. and I feel this happens a lot in New York City where you drive up the prices in neighborhoods yes. of different um thrift shops um and then people who actually need them and who it's necessary for, it then becomes unaffordable. Um, yes. And you had this great quote, giving up fast fashion um, for good is a privilege. Giving up overconsumption isn't. Um, yeah. I love that, yeah. Uh, and then, so the difference between, so what, I wonder if this is what, where the backlash was coming from too. And, and you were kind of hinting at it as like, well, you're telling us to shop secondhand, but now you're telling us. So yeah. What, what is over like overconsumption? I guess, like, what are you, what are you meaning by that? It's, it's, I guess, is it that shop thrifting isn't breaking the habit, which is the ultimate underlying problem? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, to me, overconsumption, since it's something that I mean, I still struggle with, even though it's something that obviously I know the impacts of. And I feel like it's so easy now, especially because of the, all the, the marketing and like the, the, the advertising and uh, all that we're subject to, you know, through social media, but even email um, marketing and then, you know, banners everywhere. And, you know, I feel like we're kind of it, it, there's always there's this culture all around us that we're sucked into overconsumption where we just we're just told to buy things that we don't really need and that was that was quite um overwhelming to me I mean from even from a mental health point of view because I felt like I was there was never enough you know I always needed to like chase the next best thing you know that what I had was trendy now but then in a week I see something that someone's wearing and like oh wow I need to have that and so I think that was becoming a bit toxic and and so I thought you know even if I shift this to to secondhand shopping is that really change like is that really an improvement or is that just really um kind of the same thing but just on in a different place so obviously that's better but you're not really fixing the underlying problem that you know we I feel like sustainable sustainability just means that we we need to do as much as possible and um with with what we have and not depleting the resources we have and making them last as long as possible and so that requires a different kind of consumption and it's hard, but we do need to be thinking more when we shop. And um, 
yeah, I feel like with low prices in thrift shops, it kind of becomes a bit like, you know, fast fashion where you just buy it because it's cheap. And then if it's going to be sitting in your wardrobe that where it's not used and, you know, it probably could serve someone else better then you know, it's, it will be probably better to, you know, kind of change your habits a little bit. I did get a backlash, yeah, because people didn't, don't really want to be told what to do. And that's obviously not what I was trying to do. I was just trying to put, give my point of view around that. And uh, I didn't say don't thrift shop. Absolutely. Like, I think that's great. I just, I just said, do it mindfully. Like, obviously, if you need something, just look at thrift stores first. But um, also, yeah, be mindful of other people. Like, for example, instead of getting uh, XXL t-shirt, if you're a skinny person, maybe get your size. And, you know, instead of, because there's, there's a, the problem with sizing as well. I'm sure you've heard of it where, you know, like over, plus size people are often left with no clothes because um, of, there isn't much stock and often people just, get like huge things and then they just tailor them which is fine but you know as again people might be left out and so yeah you, I guess you need to think um about you know you really need to ask yourself questions and that's not what we do I feel like that's hard just because everything's so quick yeah when you're going shopping it's more like I want I want and yeah bookstores are my downfall like used bookstores where it's like cheap books and then it's oh, uh, yeah I just buy um
I've never looked into the environmental impact of the book industry, but um, <laughs> I'd like to think it's not as bad as the fast fashion industry. Of course, yeah. <laughs> and also we can be perfect. So that's important to remind us. <laughs> One, there was another post too um, that I didn't mark down the day that you posted this on, but I also really, really appreciated. Um, and I had never heard of um, this person before, but have since started kind of... Um, following and following her on Twitter and like kind of reading stuff that she puts out there Aja Barber um yeah you quoted, yeah, you quoted her uh, she's a, also a sustainability and fashion expert and um you quoted her she had this quote about um that we as a society basically really need to stop blaming poor people for fast fashion consumption yes. um uh yeah I and I had honestly never really thought about that before. Like, oh yeah, I guess maybe we are doing that. Um, how, what are, so what do you talk about that quote a little bit more and, and like what this myth is or, yeah. No, of course. I mean, um, I hear that as well. A lot of the times when I post about like the impacts of fast fashion, people are like, I can't afford anything else. And, you know, one thing is to not afford, um, like, I think it's all about quantity. That's that's basically the main thing that this is saying. So yeah, Aja made, made a few other posts about this where she basically um, talked about stop using the excuse that you're poor for buying like uh, fast fashion every week. Because obviously if you buy a lot of cheap clothes and you're not that poor, you could probably use that money to invest in a sustainable piece. And obviously everyone does what they want with their money. So that's of course like up to you. It's just, you know, think about your choices because if you if you can buy like five five fast fashion t-shirts you could probably invest in a good quality um t-shirt from a sustainable brand and that would probably be better so yeah i mean what she's what she was saying aja is that um you can't really blame poor people for the fast fashion growth because you know people that are truly poor and they can't afford anything else will buy one two things from fast fashion that will they, they will make them last but often people don't do that and they they say oh i can't afford anything else but then if you're buying a lot you probably could afford something else do you think it's i mean i guess we've just become accustomed to quality quantity over quality and like i wonder too i, I feel like i would be taken aback if because i'm sure a good quality t-shirt should probably cost anywhere from like 35 40 dollars maybe yeah um, maybe maybe a little less than that in the 20 dollar range I could foresee myself getting a little price tag shock for like a single t-shirt costing that much money. Because we're so used to like cheap clothes and we've, we've lost the, the understanding of what true value is. And, you know, um, I, I posted about um, uh, clothing shopping was basically like using up like most of our income like before globalization, everything was made locally and um, clothes were so expensive that we would buy so few that, that we would make them last. And um, that was a totally different way to sh uh, shopping than we do now. And obviously that doesn't mean you have to be a minimalist because 
Um, I myself try to adopt that mentality, but at the same time, I do like to have variety in my closet. Um, but I feel like we we need to kind of question, you know, price tags more because yes, it is a lot what, what, you're, what you're saying, like a t-shirt in the 20, 30 dollar range, absolutely. But at the same time, clothing requires a lot of resources and so many steps, and it goes around the world to for the cotton to be produced and then to be to be um, turned into fiber and that fiber to be turned into garment and dyed and finished. And you know, so many steps go into that. And if you think about how the can those steps be condensed into a price tag of five dollars and you know that's that can be sustainable someone is paying that price and so that's kind of what I wanted to get across you know there there is there is a possibility of making sustainable fashion like cheaper um especially if you do everything like in-house and you don't have to pay a lot for shipping costs and um yeah but I guess what those brands are able to do like fast fashion they're able to just mass produce which drives down the price um, but at the same time there's so much pressure on the suppliers to to produce as fast as possible as cheap as possible and so someone is being exploited um, on the way and that's obviously not sustainable um, so and yeah I think I think that it is possible for something to to be more affordable but still like sustainable um but yeah we do need to change our mindset as as, as to what we what we um are accustomed to with with pricing and with clothes one more question about like another instagram post um which uh yeah you so this post um you talked about what you called um the role of indigenous knowledge in the sustainability conversation. Um, and I was just really, really curious about it. I had never really um, thought about this before. Would you mind explaining what that post was about? I think you had also, um, you were given some uh, recommendations around some indigenous um, fashion designers who people should look out for, um, yeah. Yeah, so I saw this article on Vogue where um, the the writer uh, interviewed lots of indigenous designers, and um, I it, it really um, interested me because um, I was reading a lot about you know how the sustainability movement is quite whitewashed, and I I totally saw that. I mean, especially on social media, you can you could see that the main people talking about this were white people and. I mean, I myself and kind of like part of the problem, but we we are seeing sustainability only from like one lens, like only from you know what we what we think is what what we're learning, but you know, it's good to include other cultures because we all have something to bring to the table. And so we should we should obviously include as many people as possible and diversify the conversations more because. Um, the Western view isn't necessarily the best one and we we can all learn something from you know listening to other people and yeah in the what I noticed in the quotes that I included in that in that post was that um, you know it the indigenous designers and indigenous people in general really do have a better connection to the land and so they they value resources more and um, they um, they they're more in tune with the earth and its rhythms and so instead of uh, like exploiting natural resources they 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 treat them in a different way and they use them in a in a more sustainable way in a way that they can be replenished um and uh and so yeah they talk about you know just 
um, sustainability being their lifestyle basically for survival. So what they did on a daily basis, it wasn't some, you know, some extra effort that like, like we put in kind of, you know, in the Western world where we know we reuse reusables and stuff for them. It was in their culture, it was ingrained in, in what they did. Um, so yeah, uh, they also talked about how a lot of, lots of natives still follow that concept and still operate that way where they don't overproduce. They just, they, they make the most of what they have and um, make sure to respect the earth, which is something I think we can learn from because with fast fashion, especially we've, we've totally lost that connection with the earth. We've, we've lost, you know, that uh, the knowledge around where our clothes come from, what's, what's in them and what, what we're wearing, you know, it's good to go back to the basics and, and, and learn about this and be, and also it's important that we're told that by brands. So it's really important to, you know, ask for transparency because that's often missing. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it all goes back to the, the thing I was talking about before, really understanding the true value of the resources that go into the making of clothes. What do you think is the Western whitewashed definition of sustainability? Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I think it's all got to do with consumption. I mean, I always say sustainability isn't something we can buy. And, you know, that's actually, um, I don't know if you've heard of her, Elizabeth Klein. She wrote a couple of books on sustainable fashion. And she wrote an article recently talking about how um, we think, we often think that consumption and consuming um buying better and consuming um, in a more mindful way is actually the best thing to do. But really she, she, she gives a different point of view, which was so interesting because um, we've kind of lost the collective action um, driver, I guess that really created real change throughout history. And so what she basically was saying is that, you know, we, we need to, um, we, we need to really understand the roots for the problem and um, organize against the, guess, the biggest polluters instead of taking it upon ourselves to change the system. Because obviously I always say like small actions definitely like make the difference over time. But um, she, she said in her article that uh, what, he, what he created this ethical consumerism um, path and this um, this way of behaving has created an alternative market rather than changing fast fashion brands and that's so true like we've we've seen so many small businesses start and grow which is awesome but is that really making things better you know is that really changing the, the mainstream brand that hold the most power and so I think that the whitewashed view of sustainability is it's all got to do with consumption and also a sort of um a white saviorism uh, thing because we, especially with with ethical brands, there's lots of brands that like basically start and their whole mission is about empowering and helping uh, um, communities in the in the global south. But um, you know, is that just kind of um, you know, it's it should be more about amplifying their voices rather than you know putting yourself at the at the center of it and you know wanting people to think you're the good person when in reality you know we we have so much to learn from these communities and you know they should be put at the for forefront they should have like you know the, the profit they deserve from making the clothes instead of them just getting i guess um photos taken and put on their website so i think that that that's a few things that you know are kind of uh part of this whitewashing of sustainability so i am trying to educate myself on that i'm obviously i don't i don't know everything i'm not perfect um 
But yeah, and I'm, I'm also trying to talk about this more on my page because I think it's often something that's overlooked. I think that's really great. Yeah, I was going to ask, do, speaking of privilege, like, do you think, um, do you feel like the blog and the Instagram channel are your way of using your privilege to, uh, right, oh, maybe bring more notice to these different lenses? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm trying to do that. I don't know if I'm doing enough yet. I mean, I think I, there's definitely things I can improve. And um, I was actually thinking recently about how I want to maybe get more people to talk to me, maybe um, people of color sharing their experience, maybe thinking about, you know, how they feel like the industry is kind of racist or, you know, yeah, getting getting more voices, more diverse voices, because I obviously can't be an expert in everything. I can't know every single aspect of sustainable fashion. So it's good to get different perspectives. And um, yeah, I guess everyone has their own view and their experience with sustainability. So it's good to see the different, um, the different views on it and the different ways to, to incorporate in our life. And, um, but yeah, I do try to raise awareness about things and hopefully that, that does make a difference. Um, but yeah, it's not easy, especially balancing it with uni and stuff. So, um, but yeah, I am always looking to improve. Do you, do you still enjoy thrifting? Can we still enjoy shopping is basically my question. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I mean, of course I love fashion and I think it's, it's such a fun way and probably the best way to express our style and ourselves as well through our style. Um, and what I love about thrifting is that, you know, I can be unique and myself can be unique and, um, you know, I, nobody really will look like me because they can't really buy the same thing. Um, or at least it's very rare, but, um, yeah, it's, it's obviously something that, um, that's very human to do as well, you know, like trying to portray ourselves through what we wear. And that's the first thing we see, you know, that's the first thing we see on other people. And the, this first thing we judge people on, I guess. So it is such a big thing. And, um, yes, I, I totally enjoy, I mean, I really miss shopping in store. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think knowing all the impacts of the industry can be overwhelming and can get us to kind of hate shopping in a way but it's actually a way to um to you know do some good because we can keep clothes away from landfill we can support small businesses um we can you know redistribute money as well because if we support like smaller smaller companies um you know we we do get give them a chance to grow and a chance to you know create their own thing and the unique their own unique style and um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's uh, for sure. It's, it's obviously possible. Um, and I, I obviously want to communicate that on my profile as well, that it's, it's totally fine to enjoy shopping. It, you should enjoy shopping. Absolutely. So you're much more well-versed on the subject of sustainability and, and the role of that fashion has to play in this than I am. Um, but I guess I personally noticed that it seems to be mostly women having these conversations and pushing these conversations. Um, I guess I wanted to know just from your perspective, would you one say that that's true? Um, do you think that this is something? And then also, do you think this is something that only women, only women care about? And do you think that this conversation should be, should women be responsible for leading this conversation? Yeah, I think that's definitely something that I've noticed. And I think that's something I'm not too happy about because obviously the more people are included in this conversation, the better. But I think that um, people are only really interested in this conversation if they're into, into style and fashion. 
Um, so like a, a lot of men might just wear clothes just for, you know, for utility purposes, you know, <laughs> just to, to, to have something um, on their body, I guess, just to cover themselves up, you know? Sure. So a lot of men might not really see, and a lot of women as well, of course, might not really put much thought into their clothing choices. And so if they don't, you know, particularly love style or not particularly passionate about fashion, they might not think that they're, um, uh, that they're, they, they, they should be included in the conversation. They might not think that it's their job. But yeah, what I, what I always try to point out is that we all buy clothes. So, you know, we all contribute to it. And so I think it is, it's something that we all should be um, together trying to do better and not just buying better, but also on a collective action point of view, like call companies out, like be informed about where your clothes come from, who makes them and um, yeah, be curious, I guess, ask questions, um, yeah. which is basically what Fashion Revolution says. Um, I love, I love their organization. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, oh no yeah what is it's, it's this really big nonprofit organization that's um that was born in 2013 after the the Rana Plaza factory collapse in Bangladesh so yeah lots of lots of government workers died I think it was more than a thousand because of uh the, the fast fashion rhythm where they were pressured to produce a lot and so they weren't working in safe conditions and um the the comp this organization started to bring more transparency in the industry more accountability so they cre they create a transparency report every year where they highlight the most transparent companies and during Fashion Revolution Week, which uh, falls um, in the day of Rana Plaza, just as the anniversary, um, they encourage people to post on Instagram a graphic uh, asking who made uh, my clothes. So like showing the tag of your t-shirt and then holding up a sign asking who made, your who made my clothes and tagging the company that made your garment. So uh, I think that will be... Um, that's something that we all should get involved in. You know, I think that's a great initiative. And yeah, I definitely want to see more people involved in sustainable fashion. Um, so hopefully everyone will slowly start to realize their impacts and start to, you know, even if you don't have to dedicate your whole life to it, but even just small changes can, can go a long way. Yeah, in Italy, um, do, have you noticed a shift in or... What, what was the conversation like before or like maybe a couple of years ago? And like, what is the conversation now in terms of sustainable fashion or like thrifting? Do you find it's more a part of the culture now? Uh, unfortunately, here in Italy, I haven't seen a lot of progress just because, first of all, we don't really have thrift stores here. Okay. Because we only have vintage stores, which have um, like very expensive, like designer pieces, like unique um unique luxury pieces which are obviously expensive and you can find clothes there as well for sure but uh obviously people will like the average person doesn't buy from there because it's it's very pricey um and they're obviously good quality clothes and everything but they're not accessible to everyone so yeah. that's a big obstacle because we we have like clothing um like these containers where you can put like your used clothes in but some of them are giving to to people who, who who don't have enough money to like buy clothes themselves. But most of it, I think it's just um it's just it goes to landfills or exported to other countries, which is such a shame. But I think there needs to be a culture of change here yet when it comes to 
um, to the perception of used clothes because it's still seen a bit of a taboo. I mean, even my parents at first were like, what, you buy things that someone else wore? And there's also superstition around it as well. Like, what if I'm wearing something that belonged to a dead person? Like, you know, it might bring like evil spirits and stuff. So there is a lot of... Um, misconception and uh, myths around that and but I am seeing a bit of a rise in people using like apps like Depop or Vinted like secondhand shopping apps so that's good um, but unfortunately as fast fashion like becomes cheaper um, even used clothes sometimes might seem more expensive you know mm -hmm. you might see like a vintage t-shirt that's like 10 10 euros and you know you go to Zara and can find one for five and so you know right. it's, it's kind of hard it's it's very competitive in a way and you know some people since we don't have um thrift stores they might be a bit reluctant to buy online and they want to they prefer stores and you know it's way easier to just go to Zara H&M and just buy whatever you need so there there needs to be improvements around this but yeah we, we kind of are on the right track I guess especially with the younger generation and, um I've recently spoken at my high school um with uh, with my old classmates and um I, I spoke about what I do and I mean it was great to see people being like oh wow yeah I never thought of that I think I will start buying used more so I think education really goes a long way yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I've also, in the U.S. anyway, I've noticed some larger brands have started to have like an upcycled line of clothing, which I'm not entirely sure, entirely sure how I feel about it because on the one hand, it's good that they, they but it, it feels more like they notice that there is an uptick in people um, buying used clothing. And so they want to get like a piece of, get in profit from it in some uh -huh. way. Um, so in some ways, it, it doesn't necessarily feel like they're doing it for good reasons. <laughs> yeah, there is always profit behind, you know, what fast fashion does. So that's why I guess kind of boycotting brands is is a bit of a good way because if it hits their bottom line, they will have to change things. So that's kind of the way I see it. Right. But I mean, again, to your point before, like who the people only the people who kind of care about these issues are going to be the ones to boycott. And is that enough? Um, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's not still like, for example, like global warming and, you know, um, increasing temperatures, plastic pollution and stuff is seen more of a something that's everyone's responsibility. But fashion isn't. Fashion's seen as a very girly thing and, you know, something very frivolous. So not something very important and significant. And in, but it, it is very significant. It does have a huge impacts. It's a huge industry. So, yeah, I think the, the general interpretation of it needs to change a little bit. So with COVID, what sort of impacts do you think have already happened or that will happen to, uh, whether good or bad, to the fashion industry in general or to, I feel like there was a bit of a rise in people buying secondhand more and it kind of becoming a more prominent thing. Um, just curious if you think that COVID will impact any of that? Yeah, of course. So I think that there have been some concerns about um, uh, like germs and stuff when it comes to secondhand clothes, especially now with the pandemic. So I think people have, some people would have definitely gotten into it as they realize the impacts of the industry. But I think other people have been a bit reluctant just because they felt like it was a bit, you know, a bit unsafe during this time to to buy secondhand clothing um 
And, um, but I think that as the short-term impacts, I think when everything will go back to normal, hopefully soon, or at least kind of a, a new normality, at new least normal, right. <laughs> a, a normal life. Um, I think people will buy a lot just because I, I think um, they will want to just I don't know, go back to the, to the, what they used to do before and they, they probably felt like they're missing out a lot and so they're probably going to go bye bye bye. But I feel like on the other hand, people have um, have realized that they have so many clothes. You know, having been at home for so long, we've, we've realized, me included, that my wardrobe is full of items and I've, I've done a bit of decluttering and organizing and I realize that, you know, I probably shouldn't buy anything else. Um, and hopefully other people have felt the same way and, you know, we'll probably change their habits afterwards. Um, so yeah, I think in the long term, I think this change will definitely happen. And from fashion brands as well, because we've seen how catastrophic it's been for so many brands having this excess stock and not knowing how to what to do with it. Right. Um, and so, and obviously, like waste is um, it's it's waste of money as well. So if you if you have so much inven- inventory that you're not going to sell, that's also money wasted. So they will probably realize that they have to do things in a different way and not really overproduce and. Um, so hopefully we'll be both from a consumer point and um, a brand's um, point of view that things will change for the better. What do you all think? Are we headed to a more sustainable future in terms of fashion? What would it mean for you to think more about how you shop, what you wear, where you go to shop? What would that look like for you on an individual level? What could this look like at a large scale? Gaia's view is that any small changes you make to your shopping habits can make a difference. But she also cites Elizabeth Klein's point that to make real change, we have to identify the root of the problem and rally against it. In this case, we need to rally against the brands that are the biggest polluters. Both of these ideas are true and both are necessary. Change needs to be the responsibility of consumers and the companies we shop from. I highly recommend following Gaia on Instagram at sustainably. Uh, that is at S-S-U-S-T-A-I-N-A-B-L-Y uh, with an underscore and on her website, which I'll link to in the show notes. I promise you'll learn a lot. And with any luck, you'll start thinking differently about how you shop for clothes. And if you want to follow me, there'll be links in the show notes where you can do that as well. Thanks for listening. Uh, thank you so much.